Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the booth. A little special bit of a episode. special special episode. Little 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 different here for you this week. If you listen to our main pod, if you haven't, first of all, listen to the main pod. Go back, check that out. Listen to our our picks for week seven here. Listen to our studs and duds, how we thought. But we mentioned on there that because of the game this week, a Booth Boys Dave versus Carve divisional matchup, we decided, you know what? Let's give the people some extra analysis, talk about the game, where we think it's going to go, how we think it's going to play out our picks on the main show. We both took our boys. We both are riding with our boys. Rich did split the difference, sided on the Bengals, cited that they were they were hot. They're a hot team. They are. For sure they are. Um, and you know, just you know, being a Ravens fan for my whole life, you Bengals fans your whole life, I can honestly say I don't remember a Bengals team being this explosive, I think. You know, you guys have had um, team, you guys have had you know, at times better defenses, I'd say for sure. Like when Carlos Dunlap was in his heyday and Gino and, um, you know, you guys had Reggie Nelson, you guys had some, had some studs back there. He played some tough games, uh, played in the playoffs, stuff like that. But the feeling and the, the vibe, the culture that Joe Burrow gives that team, um, just looking from like a divisional standpoint, like a division rival opponent standpoint, um, that's actually a guy that, um, not that I'm afraid of, but can make me scared. Uh, with, with Andy, you know, he always made the safe play, and there there were some questionable moments for sure. Andy was not always the guy, but it wasn't like, oh shit, we gave Andy the ball back. You know, with Joe, it's that dude makes play. That's just what he he that's what he does. He makes plays. Of course, Jamar Chase, rookie phenom. And how crazy is it that Jamar Chase is on pace to just destroy what Justin Jefferson did in his rookie year? He's on pace to have 1,500 yards this year if he keeps his pace. And, you know, obviously, knock on wood, you know, what's barring injury? Why can't he? Um, he's clearly one of Burrow's favorite targets. Um but yeah, Joe Burrow, that offense looks is, is incredibly fun to watch. And I'm honestly finding myself rooting for the Bengals on, you know, I guess 15 out of 17 weeks. Um, they're just a fun watch. They're very fun. And I think it's because they have a QB. Um, but so I think what we plan on doing is just kind of going position by position, breaking it down, seeing how we how we feel, kind of how we think this game's going to play out here. Do you mind That's, if I just, just jump on and just break down the Bengals a bit? Because this is definitely let's a team do it. That, this is definitely a team that nobody, for good reason, has really watched in the last little bit. Why would you watch the Bengals? You know what I mean? Um, a lot gets said about Burrow and, and Chase, and we have Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. A lot gets said about that offense, and they deserve that rightfully so. This is a big play offense that has shown that they're capable of stretches of really breaking the game open in both ways. Right. And that's good, but the offense has been, I would say the least consistent out of our offensive defense because they have strings like last week in, against Detroit, 10 points in the first half. You know what I mean? And then the second half, we turned it on uh, against the Jags in prime time. You know what I mean? Not a very productive first half of offense. And then in the second half, we can, we open it up. Right. So that's always my worry is that we haven't quite figured out our offense hasn't figured out playing four downs. And then, but that is where our defense has right now. I think it's, I think we have the sixth ranked defense in the league, something like that, five, six, seven, right around there. And this defense is interesting because it's for like a bad lack of a better term. It's literally just like good players on defense. There's no superstar. There's no, all-star, you know what I mean? We have Trey Hendrickson on the end. He already has five and a half sacks. He's our quintessential uh, pass rusher. Uh, we got Larry, Larry Oban, Joby and DJ reader who have absolutely been swallowing up the run and have been the reason why we are so good against the run this year. Um, Sam Hubbard's a good end, but that guy's, he's more of a contained run stopping specialist. 
which is interesting how it kind of balances out. Um, Logan Wilson in the middle has popped off this year. He already has four interceptions and a sack and leading our team in tackles. He's shown that he has really good sideline to sideline speed, surprisingly. But if you know the story about Logan Wilson, he was a defensive back until he got to college. So, and then he beefed up. So, I mean, it's applicable skills, right? That he has now, which is interesting. No kidding. Yeah, I did. A lot of people don't know, right? Um, and then in our secondary, I'm not going to tell you right now that Eli Apple is a good option at a, at a starting corner, but it's what we're dealing with. But on the other side, uh, Cheeto Awuzie, man, that guy has been playing out of his mind. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league right now. And then on the back end, we got Jesse Bates, literally a Pro Bowl caliber player. And then the, the, the rotation of Von Bell, Ricardo Allen, who pick each other's strengths and weaknesses well. They play off it. This defense is just a defense that when you listen to them talk, um, they play for each other. They play as a unit. It's not Von Bell is, is the Denver Broncos like he was for so long. It's not Aaron Donald is big for the Rams. He's the main piece. This defense is guys who are everybody plays their position well and they play as a unit. And that's why I like this defense even more, I think, than I like our past defenses. You know what I mean? Because there was Reggie Nelson in the back end and Pac-Man Jones on the corner. And then it left a lot to be desired on the rest. You know what I mean? Carlos Dunlap had good games, but he also had bad games. Geno Atkins was a force in the middle, but we didn't have two defensive tackle forces like we do now. And then our linebackers were kind of subpar. I'd say Logan Wilson's the best linebacker we've had since Vontez Perfect. And he's not going to get nearly as much trouble as Vontez Perfect did game to game, right? He's not going to get as big penalties. Who is that? That is tough to achieve. Right. So, I mean... This this Bengals team is is interesting in a lot of a lot of ways too. When they say they play for each other, there's stuff like that Jamar Chase, that huge block he had for Joe Mixon last week. If anybody saw that, these guys are they're not just playing for themselves for their stats; they're playing for each other. And this is like, I have complaints about Zach Taylor's play calling. Really, I do. But as a culture builder, as a team builder, he's done a really excellent job of turning this team and turning the culture in Cincinnati around in like just two or three years, we have our guy quarterback. We have a dynamic weapons. We have a really stout defense and it's this week against the Ravens is the biggest opportunity for the Bengals. As of yet, this game, I think will be the best game of the weekend. The most, not only just from being a homer for the Bengals, I think it has potential to be the best game of the weekend. Um, It's a divisional game and the winner of this game will be, if the Bengals win, could be tied if the Ravens win flat out on top of the AFC alone. So this, this is a big game early in the year. And this is a game that the Bengals really haven't had luck for. Last year, I remember we watched together, me and Carp watched when the Cincinnati went to Baltimore and yep. Baltimore absolutely stopped Cincinnati. It's not close. It wasn't close. But this team this year, even if all you've watched was the primetime comeback against the Jags and maybe that game a couple weeks ago with the, with the Packers where the Bengals were easily good enough to win that game and it just didn't, didn't go their way, right? Yeah. So this is a really exciting game. As a Bengals fan, this is an exciting season, an exciting team, and this is like the most important game by far we're going to play so far this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, this is... <clears throat> This is a, a very intriguing matchup because um, if it wasn't against Baltimore, I would pull in for the Bengals because I want nothing but success for Joe Burrow in his career. And I, I do. I still do. I, I don't want I, I don't want any young quarterback talent to fail. I really don't. It's it's incredible. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it's going to be an absolute going to be a great matchup for me, you know. Um, first of all, Hey, great job on the breakdown because there's, I bet you 90% of football fans don't know about the Bengals because you shouldn't, you shouldn't, unless you're a Bengals fan, what have they done in the last four years that would have any interest for you? Right. Exactly. But this year, but this year they got a little, little, a little sauce to them. So well, you're going to get caught up on the Bengals this year's the year to do it. It's one of those things too, where. You know, it might sound blunt or whatever. Once you get a quarterback, you get interesting. Right. Absolutely. You, you just do because, hey, 
that's a it's the most important position in sports, most talked about position in sports, yep. and rightfully so. It is the most important in in our our king of sports, the biggest sports league in the world, yep. is the most important position. And Pardon. Andy Dalton wasn't that guy by any metric. He could no. play okay, and he shrunk in the big time in this. By all accounts, so far, Joe Burrow has shown that he does not shrink in these situations. No. And it, it, when you have the quarterback, you get confidence, right? Yeah. And I mean, you could almost make the argument, obviously, it's young into his career. He was hurt last year, so he's, he's kind of still in his rookie season. If you look at games played, right. um, it, he almost appears to get bigger in those moments, and he doesn't shy away. He, he seizes the moment, and that's what you really want to see. Um, for me, we also have a guy. Uh, last, it seems like every single week there's a new record. Lamar's shattering a new record. Lamar's breaking whatever. Last week it was wins before the age of 25, passing some Dan Marino guy. Um, and I mean, we could talk about the primetime stats all, all day. Fact of the matter, this game's at 11 a.m. our time. Uh, I anticipate, you know, it, it's not going to be like Bengals games or Ravens Bengals games of the past. Sure. I think Lamar is five and zero against the Bengals. Um, I guess for me, the thing is, is like, I'm intrigued because I want to see this is our first division game of the year and division games are always, you can, it's, it's easier to, to almost, you know, plan for an opponent. You don't see a lot yeah, because you don't see them a lot. Right. Whereas Bengals and Ravens, you know, there's a lot of guys on those teams that know each other inside and out. Um, I think this is Joe Burrow's second time seeing Wink Martindale and his defensive schemes. Um, yeah. So that'll be, that'll be intense too, or that'll be, you know, interesting to see because Wink and our defense, you know, we're, we're known for throwing looks that you don't see ever. You don't get them ever. It, you know, it's almost like fingerprints. You never get the same one twice. We yeah. will send our slot corner off the edge. We'll drop line. It's, it's crazy. The shit that he can think up, but uh, yeah. So should we just go position by position here? Uh, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's let's really break it down. And I mean, let's start at quarterback. That's the most important position. And I'm going to gonna say it right now. I'm not worried about a lot of the Ravens offense. I'll be yep. honest with you. Yep. But I am. But there's Lamar Jackson should put the fear of God in every team he plays. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's tough because it feels like with Lamar, you can never talk about his greatness without having to defend his greatness. Right. He's either, you either have to, you know, the people who, and you've heard it, I've heard it on a couple shows now, which is nice that it's getting traction. The people who still are out on Lamar don't know football. They don't get it. Right. They, if you can't see the greatness, you're just not looking. Um, Lamar against the Bengals five and zero. Oh. Um, I think he's thrown eight touchdowns in five games run for close to 500 yards. Right. He up to, the, uh, up to this point, he has had the Bengals number. Absolutely. I will point out that like his like one really legendary run against the Bengals. Everybody yep. remembers it probably. Yes. When he absolutely just embarrassed the whole Cincinnati defense. Yes. I watched that video today. And I think five of this five or six of like the seven guys. Yes. Yep. Seven guys who didn't get the tackle on the mark aren't on our team anymore. They're exactly. not Bengals. Yep. So, I mean, I need to preface this with that. This is a different Bengals team. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be the same Lamar though. This is going to be a task to stop Lamar Jackson still. Yeah. It's still, it's going to be Lamar. And so far what we've seen this year, what I've seen is this is going to be Lamar. Who's now going through his progressions and making the right throws, right. which Everyone said from the beginning, if he can learn to do that and he can make those throws outside the numbers down the sidelines, good luck. And that's the thing is that it's it's going to be tough. And and you are not wrong. Okay. Um, if we played this game in 2013, yeah, you should be worried about the murderer's row of Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman. The fact of the matter is we are playing this game in 2021 and you have to be worried about the scheme and the blocking concepts, but not the actual talent. Um, but quarterbacks, I, you know, Mars playmaker, yada, yada. He's no longer the only playmaker in this rivalry, in this right. divisional game. Right. Joe Burrow has proven himself to be 
an absolute playmaker. He right. is a guy that, you know, the thing that I love about Lamar and it's what I love about Burrow is we can sit here and talk about their stats and their numbers all day long. Neither one of them give one fuck. They want to win. They need to win. They only care about the win. And that's what I think both these QBs are going to be around for a long, long time dominating. Um, As it stands right now, Lamar does have the edge. I think he, he does. With that said, if Burrow can keep this up and continue to just hone his craft, get better, get better, see coverages more, he's clearly got every tool in the toolbox. And there's no right. reason that Lamar and Burrow can't be one of the best QB rivalries in the next 10 years or of the I next. Would, I would definitely agree with you. Like, I, there is an edge that needs to be given to Lamar. Yeah. He was an MVP. He, he shows you what he can do. He's, throwing the ball the best he's thrown it before. Yep. But I will point out that um, as an offensive s- team that you guys should be more, I would be more worried about the Bengals because like, Lamar can make the place by himself, Yeah, but he doesn't have the same weapons that the Bengals have. So, I mean, okay. So if you, if you're going to queue in on just Lamar, that's worse news for the Ravens than it is. If you just queue in for the Bengals, because we have so many more, uh, like weapons and options to make plays, right? Oh, for sure. And and yeah, like a big part of the Ravens offense up to this point has been the run game and the run dominance and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it, infamously our running backs have been depleted and we are signing or we've signed, you know, like I said, a, a 2013 murderer's row. You know, they are since you go back to 2015 fantasy football. These are, you know, three guys you want on your squad. Um, but I'm going to, but like when you say that Joe Mixon is a guy you want on your squad now. Joe right? Mixon is, is quietly. And I say quietly just because like you said, no one's listening to, or no one's watching. The, no one is aware of the Bengals. Right. Joe Mixon is quietly having a sensational year. He's like fourth or fifth. In the he's league fourth in, right now in the league in rushing. Fourth, and like yeah. he's been, I think, in the top three running backs in the AFC. One year he was the second back in the league, second in, in uh, rushing. So I mean, like people obviously because he goes under the radar, but like Joe Mixon is a dangerous weapon, and yeah. especially this year, more than even some other years, coming off his injury, he has a really good burst when he sees a hole this year. He does, and yep. like he's 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 a dangerous weapon. So like you have to respect Lamar as a running threat. You have to respect how dominant they've made the run game. But when I see this, like I'm, I give the Bengals the edge in, in running in the running back spot in, in the running backs. Yeah. So I think we, you know, the, Joe Mixon is just an absolute monster. And, you know, as a change of pace back, Samaj P Ryan doesn't get talked about a lot, but that is 235, 240 pounds running downhill, running hard. And after Joe Mixon has slashed and gassed you, yeah. then to have Samaje in there, it is tough. It's a great one-two punch. Right. Um, so in terms of, <coughs> excuse me, uh, like the running backs, yeah, Bengals do have the advantage there. Um, I, I, I don't think we need to talk about the wide receiver position. Because I, I, I'm going to talk about it only to, to because okay let's let's just flat out say it the, the Ravens, Ravens they have they have Hollywood Brown who sometimes doesn't play that well we have okay? Hollywood Brown who has been prone to drops this year but with that said like when he does catch his passes he's <laughs> he's he looks I think this is year three or four of his career yeah. um he looks like what we anticipated him to it's just the confidence issue um. Rashad Bateman started last week. So this will be a second game, okay. our rookie first rounder. He caught four. I think all four were third down conversions for a first, which is big that he's catching what he has to. He did just, have, there's, there's just a small sample size for Rashad. Oh, Bateman, exactly. Right? And he did have, I think he did have one that hit off his hands and it was kind of bobbled into a pick. So that was a little tough outside of that, the wide receiver position. I'm unsure of Sammy Watkins availability, but that should tell you all you need to know. 
because I'm unsure of Sammy Watkins. Okay. Um, Devin Duvernay and James Prochet will also be there. And, <laughs> you know, that's tough. That is tough. Whereas you look at the Bengals and, you know, you've seen them every week. But yeah, it's, it's the thing is like, I don't even think the Bengals receivers right now, in my opinion, haven't even hit their stride a lot of them. No, nope. I think Burrow to Chase has. And if you've been paying attention to the NFL, you know what Jamar Chase has been doing to teams. Jamar Chase is in the 550s, five touchdowns, only on pace. The only guy who's on pace through better in this amount of starts is like Randy Moss, right? Yeah. Something like so that. Jamar yeah. Chase is the kind of guy who he's such a deep threat for us. He's such an explosive back. He's the kind of, or sorry, explosive receiver. Yeah. Um, he's the kind of guy that Burrow will throw the ball to. And maybe he's not even that open, but Jamar Chase will burst that speed and catch the ball yep. every single game so far. I'll be interested to see this specifically to see if the Ravens are the only team so far, you know, it takes seven weeks to figure it out, but every game so far, right before halftime, the Bengals will get the ball and they'll hit Jamar Chase for a big, big bomb, whether it's a touchdown or a huge gain every single game, six weeks in a row without fail. So we'll see if the Ravens are smart enough to know. We'll see if Marlon Humphreys is following him or if Marlon Humphreys decides he just stays aside or what the deal is, but then you still have the problem. You still have T Higgins waiting to pop off. He hasn't yet this year, Tyler Boyd in the slot. There's just a lot of options. Um, like a lot, a lot of potential, what we can do with those wide receivers. Yeah. Like you're a team, um, Dallas, you guys, uh, you could make the argument Tampa Bay. Um, trying to think of other other teams, not quite the Chargers. I don't know who their third is. You guys, you can make the argument you have three number one wide receivers, right. but in your case, it works. Wide receivers, whether you like it or not, have a tendency that you know they want their touches, they want their catches, they want their yards. You guys seem to play for each other, and yet Jamar Chase last week, um, I'm sure you saw it. It was all over. Great play blocking for Joe Mixon. You don't see a lot of wide receivers yeah. downfield blocking for their running back. That goes back to what I said about Zach Taylor just building that culture yep. of the guys wanting to be a winning team, right? Even small things like that. There's a block a couple weeks ago, too, where Tyler Boyd absolutely put a guy on skates yeah. during, a, during a different reception, right? So these guys, they, they understand that you can only distribute the ball so much, but they're playing hard every down. And it's good to see from a wide receiver group that sometimes has like the perception of being prima donnas, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know last week Ravens at the chargers, um, Marlon Humphrey was basically the whole game. He traveled with Mike Williams. He wasn't lined up. You'd think he would take Keenan Allen, number one corner, number one receiver. They did put him on the more physical, bigger, tougher, stronger Mike Williams and let Anthony Averett take Keenan Allen, which interesting was a correct word to say um anthony averett is a guy who went to bam do we want to wait wait to corners to do we will we will okay yeah but a wide receiver as it stands i do have to give the the Bengals the edge i don't think it's very close um but what i will say and just hey like we're like we're doing we're going point for point for point for point The Ravens receiving game doesn't live and die with their wide receivers. And they're a unique team in the sense that our tight ends are, I would say more valuable to this team's success than our receivers. And we have one of the best tight ends in football. He's he during Lamar's MVP year had an unbelievable year. A lot of guys did, but he led our team in yards, touchdowns. He was fantastic. His name is Mark Andrews. He is sensational. This year, he is having another fantastic year. I believe he's tied for the league lead in receiving yards by touchdown or by uh, by a tight end, or receiving yards for tight ends. Um, he's tied with Travis Kelsey, and I think he's done it on 16 last catches. He's a He's a tight end who is also a deep threat. He's very versatile and his blocking has gotten a lot better this year. But speaking of blocking tight ends, Nick Boyle set to return this week. That's huge for the Ravens. And, and you know, it's crazy that I can, and I'm not trying to be facetious, sarcastic, anything getting our second string blocking Nick Boyle tight end back is massive for our offense. He is one of the, you know, you have Kittle, 
Kittle's up there for sure. TJ Hawkinson's really good. There's a couple of great blocking tight ends. Nick Boyle's top three. Um, he's great. So that's a huge uh, return for us. Yeah, um, okay. No, no, you go, you go. Um, so I was going to say, this is one where it's a big mismatch. Yeah. CJ Uzama is our starting tight end, and he's actually got a lot more involved in the past. He has been playing so great. Which is good. If you didn't watch the Jaguars game, go back and and, and maybe watch the highlights to find out who CJ Uzama is. And he's been, he's been playing really well as of late and he's a good, he's a good solid blocker. Yep. But like you said, our number two tight end is Drew Sample and he's nothing special in any way. So I mean, you're and you guys use a lot more um, tight end, tight end set jumbo kind of like double tight sets than the Bengals do. The Bengals are very, very well known to have a shotgun, one back, or even just an empty set. They're really common with that. So tight ends really isn't even close for us. How yeah. much we use them? How much we don't use a fullback? You guys have Ricardo blocks also and can get out in the swing, swing passes, that kind of thing. So you guys have the definite edge, but the one thing I want to say about this matchup is when we get to the defense, we'll get to it. I'm not very worried about you guys running the ball on us because of how good our defense has been. Yeah. But if we're going to lose this game, it will be through the air to Mark Andrews or trying to cover Mark Andrews and letting Lamar get loose. That is where the threat is going to be. And if you watch the Bengals game last year against the Ravens in Baltimore, Mark Andrews torched the Bengals. He annihilated the Bengals with ease. Mark Andrews is a legit top three tight end in football. And he's your best weapon against the Bengals. So I'll be interested to see. He's, I think he's a mismatch almost to anybody on the field with the Bengals, unfortunately. Uh, So I'll be interested to see how we do. We might even have to move our slot corner, Mike Hilton, almost to play with him Mm -hmm. to try to match up with him because I, Logan Wilson is a good side-to-side guy, yep. like has a nose for the ball, but I don't want to see him against Mark Andrews. I don't want to see Vaughn Bell against Mark Andrews again. Ricardo <laughs> Allen, I don't want to see him. Uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we were, we were watching that game together last year, and it was, you know, Vaughn Bell had a tough day. He did. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is that it's not going to be our receivers that torture. And if it yeah. is, it's because teams are so scared of our running attack. You bring everyone forward, well, that leaves – Hollywood Brown in one-on-one situations and for all, you know, for all the guys shortcomings, he is quick and he is fast. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, tight ends are, are, uh, I, I do give the edge to the Ravens, but O-line, this is interesting. The O-line um, for me, when I look at the two is almost a push. They both I was have, going they to say both the same have thing. strengths and weaknesses. You know what I mean? Uh, this week, Ronnie Stanley officially announced uh, out for the year again. So this is his second straight year missing. Yeah. He did play week one against the Raiders and did not look like Ronnie Stanley. It was, it sucks. And you, you just, you knew something was still hampering him. Something was still bugging him. Um, So that was tough. Uh, we do again, our, our O line is almost like a running back core where we've been hit with injuries. So, and yeah. yeah. And, and so we've had to sign some guys and, I think it's just a testament and, you know, let me just, I don't know, gas up the Ravens for a sec. I think it's just a testament to John Harbaugh where it seems like anyone you put in that system, all of a sudden they're for the Ravens. They're for the culture, their flock play like a Raven and they go out there and they, they play hard. Um, but yeah, for the O line, I, I, it's hard not to say, I think it's honestly close to a push, if not a total push on it. Cause it's, I, I would say, honestly, it's a push because, I mean, the Bengals have had um, – I think our tackles are playing well. I do. I think yep. Jonah Williams and Ryan Williams are playing well. Yep. Um, and, but we've – through center through the two guards, we've had – I don't know if we've had the same starters in all three spots that, yet this year. Yeah. We have so many injuries coming through. Um, we've got a guy, Trey Hopkins, who's pretty good, but he's he's been playing lately in the last two weeks where he doesn't practice, but then we try to make him play on Sunday. And I don't think okay. we can get away with it this week. No. So, um, like I said, we have a, a guard quit in Spain who's usually kind of up and down, but he's had three pretty good games in a row. So that's good. And But, like, I can tell you right now, I don't even know for sure. I don't know if the Bengals know right now who's playing center and right guard. And that's just kind of the same thing with the Ravens, right? It's so mm-hmm. here and there. So, I mean, this one's going to be a push. Um, I think this game's a lot more about 
the D line and then the position players, then it will be about the O line chopping it up like like some teams do, right? For sure. And I think that nice little transition. I think you know we covered offense all in all. There, I think. Um, I'd say it's almost it's pretty even, honestly. It's pretty I even. That. I think my thing is like the Bengals have the position or have the uh, ability to outright attack you with weapons, right. like mix and skill, Chase, Higgins, yeah. Boyd, and then Burrow making plays. Whereas I think the Ravens have the ability to attack to attack you with skill positions because of Lamar, if that makes sense. I was I was gonna say it's almost um a double-edged sword with Lamar. Yeah. Because if you can take away Lamar, you can take away the team. But at the same time, Lamar will be the best player in in uh in Baltimore that day. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. just how it is. That that's just that that's how it is. So um, so so it's it's a it's the ultimate positive and it can be the negative if played right by the Bengals. Yep. But it has to almost even out because he is that good. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, take I guess that takes us to the defensive line. Um, and this has been, you know, for as long as I've been a Ravens fan, we've always had a great defense, always had a great defensive line. And this is the year where it it's really, it, it's pushing us. You know, we lost Marcus Peters, we lost... Um, a couple guys due to injury, uh, you know, our safeties have been out and out and stuff like that. Um, our defensive line, Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf hasn't played yet. Uh, they've been getting hot. They started off a bit slow. couldn't quite get pressure against the Raiders at all. Uh, week two against the chiefs, Odefe Owe, the rookie get to him, came up big, came up clutch and sealed the game for us. Um, Calais Campbell's a guy that the last couple, I, I don't need to say Calais Campbell's a stud. Calais Campbell is it, the last decade Tremendous. is one of the best D linemen in football. Um, and the thing about him is that he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, Oh, we got a double in every play. He's just going to wreck the game. He's a very, he's a veteran. He knows that, Hey, why I don't need to tire myself on these early downs and stuff. Just make the play make the play when I need to make the play late in the game, i.e. against Indianapolis blocking a field goal next play, stuffing the run to get them off the field. That's when Calais Campbell shows, Oh yeah, he's, he's worth it. Brandon Williams has always been great at stuffing the run. And like I said, the rookie Odefe Owe off the edge, he's a freak. He hasn't been getting much talk for uh, defensive rookie of the year. Um, if he can keep this up, I think he deserves to be in the conversation. Not necessarily the winner by any means. There are some great defensive rookies. We'll talk about it. But the Bengals D line has been awesome this year. Trey this, Hendrickson. This, and it, I think. Sorry, sorry great. to cut you off here. No, they think, have been great. I think the Bengals defensive line is our most improved skill, our most improved position group this year. And I think honestly, as as cliche as it's to say, like we're a top whatever seven five seven defense and it's because our defensive line is that good usually in years past it wouldn't even be close it's going to be the ravens are the better squad but if you most people haven't watched the Bengals, so i can understand your skepticism but you watch this d-line you got trey hendrickson who's the true pass rusher at the edge five and a half sacks in six games which i mean look at the uh, the average is pretty good um sam hubbard is for this game is going to be really good because he's a defensive. He's a run stopper. He's a contain guy, which we'll need against your running attack. We'll need against Lamar. And then man, our rotation of Larry Obenjobi, DJ reader and BJ Hill in the middle have absolutely just filled the running gaps, made us a really dangerous, hard team to run against. Oban Joby has a really nice burst right up the middle. If you give him any sort of um, any space on your sides, mm-hmm. he can blow through and blow people up, which when you have a good defense like that, who can blow through you and tackle you for a four yard loss, six yard loss. If they're quick enough, that's the equivalent of almost a sack, right? Mm-hmm. By yard standpoint. Yep. So this Bengals defense is hot. And if somebody isn't ready for Trey Hendrickson, he'll he'll get more sacks, right? Oh, he is yeah, yeah. He was a guy I wasn't sure about 
when we signed him, like, is he a benefit of just playing with opposite Cam Jordan? Cam like, Jordan. He's coming to Cincinnati and shown he's by far a really, really good pass rusher, and he's shown it. Yep, absolutely. And, I mean, um, Larry Ogunjobi is a guy that I actually am pumped about because I he was on the Browns. And so yeah. we, he's been he's been in we've played him in our or we've seen him in our division for his whole his whole career now, and even when he was in Cleveland, you know Miles Garrett is a freak of nature, generational talent. Obviously, doesn't need to be said. Um, but Larry Ogunjobi was a guy on that D line that no one really talked about, and every time we played Cleveland, for some reason, Larry Ogunjobi would give us fits. Miles Garrett on Rodney Stanley, Miles Garrett on our tackles. It's going to be a tough day. You expect that. You expect Miles Garrett to wreck your game. Larry Ogunjobi up the middle was sensational. And I'm happy to see that he went to the Bengals. And, you know, it's tough, maybe not still getting the recognition he deserves, but proving that it wasn't just a product of Miles Garrett or, or whatever, you know, it, proving that, oh no, he is a legitimate run stuffing machine at D tackle. He's, he's exciting, especially the fact that he's a compliment to a guy as good as DJ reader, who, when you look at by all metrics, maybe besides superstar big plays, he's having an an all-star year. He is doing everything in the middle for the Bengals that you, you'd ask of a, of a productive defensive tackle. So this, this D line has really impressed me for Cincinnati. We have a, we already have more sacks than we had last season. And it's weak. Is that weeks. real? Yes. That's an actual stat. We already have more sacks than we did last season. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. It for real. I, I think we only had like 13 last year and we already have more. Wow. Yeah. I um so I mean when you look at that brings up another point too, right? When you look at Lamar, he had a he had all sorts of time against us last year that he's not gonna have this year, right? Yeah, it's it's going to be um it's gonna be a lot more hectic in the backfield and not because of our own schemes is going to be pressure pocket pushing. And, you know, the thing that I, that does give me a little solace is, you you know, the Bengals are playing very hot on the D line is that this Ronnie Stanley news is a huge bummer. I'm disappointed not only because he's a great player, but he's actually just a great guy. He seems like a great dude, a great locker room guy. Everyone talks about how great he is and stuff, but you know, we've, we've only had him for one game and that was the game we lost. We're five and zero since he's been injured. I'm not. I'm not saying we're better without him, but I don't think that hit is. It's a. It's a massive hit. I don't think it's a season derailer because no, we haven't been playing him. But when it comes to D line, um, I will say it's it's close to a push for me because you know the Ravens. The Ravens. It's kind of like, and I mean, I could give them an insider baseball and kind of say it's like. You know the uh, the Chiefs team of uh, of Madden, you know the old Madden days, but where the Ravens D lines individual stats aren't going to blow you away ever. You know, Clayus Campbell will get his, uh, Brandon Williams will have his stuffs TFLs. Odefe Owe looks to be a legit player, yeah. but the D line's not going to blow you away with their stats. It's how we scheme. It's Wink Martindale. It's it's how we blitz stuff like that. So for, I I want to give the leg up to the Bengals on this one, honestly, because I think if you look at the D line by itself as a position group outside of blitz packages, schemes, right. stuff like that, I do think the Bengals have a very, very good defensive line, good defensive front. Um, so I think I'd honestly, I'd honestly give the Bengals the edge in that in that respect. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to even say um, because of the creativity that the Ravens have, and it seems like somebody always kind of steps up. I don't think you have as good players on the D line, but you have an equivalent production D line. So I, I'd even be okay calling it a split as well. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's- which is interesting to have a push on your ON D line because then it comes down to your skills. Right. The trenches are the trenches are where it's won and lost. Right. So when it's when it's even, it's it's going to be tough. Um, but moving back from the D line, we go to the linebackers here, and this is where it's tough for me because I really do before the twenty nineteen draft. Yeah, I think. No, 2020 draft. Before the 2020 draft, uh, Dave, you told me 
we're getting the gym. We got the gym. We got yeah, Patrick Queen, LSU. Um, and I was like, all right. And for those that don't know, Dave knows his linebackers. He knows what to look for. He knows good linebacker play from bad linebacker play. He's the most – in terms of people that I know in my circle and people that I actually talk to and stuff like that, there's no one that knows defensive players and more specifically interior linebacker play like <laughs> Dave. Um, and he said, this, guy, this kid's going to be a stud. And he was in his rookie season. He had a lot of great plays, but there were some things that he needs to tighten up, needs to clean up stuff like that. Things that I think are very coachable things that are fixable, but it's just adjusting to the speed of the NFL and, you know, it was in a pandemic and all that stuff. So it was tough this year. He hasn't, he hasn't improved as much as I would like to see as a Ravens fan. He hasn't necessarily taken that leap where I can say, man, this guy is going to be the, the, he's going to be the guy in the middle. I still think that's potential. I still think that's available. And I mean, first round linebacker, the Ravens have a good history of that. Um, I think he will be able to figure it out. But as of right now, watching him the first six games of this season, he misses a lot of tackles. He tries to arm tackle. He tries to go for the big hit, maybe the big play. He plays very, very fast, which can be good. It can be great but he plays very fast to the point where he will bite very easily on things. And I think, you know, a team that's almost perfectly designed to take advantage of that is the Bengals where, you know, you miss tackles on Joe Mixon. If you have a shot on Joe Mixon and you try an arm tackle, you try a big hit, he will make you pay for it. He will make you pay. He will finish the run. He will get five, six extra yards before your guys can come and help. You, you, you running backs like that, you have to wrap up. And yes, I know he's an NFL caliber running back, absolute dominant freak stud athlete. It's not Derrick Henry where, you know, he's going to dislocate your shoulder if you tackle him. Okay. You know, he's, he's shifty as hell. He is very surprisingly powerful, but he's a guy that Patrick Queen, you need to meet him in the hole. You need to to wrap up. You, you can't try the stuff that worked in college for you because you are no longer the very best athlete on the field. Right. Um, and behind him, we do have Malik Harrison. I think he's also a second year player, maybe a third year. Um, he's actually surprised me. He's, he's, of the second year linebackers we have, he's the one that's kind of been like, Oh shit, he's impressing me a little bit. And I think I do think, you know, I'm not to shit on Patrick queen, but I do think he'll figure it out. I really do. I I think he's got so many flashes, but he just needs to tighten stuff up. But as for this week, this is a tough opponent to, uh, to not be on your P's and Q's, you know, to not be on your fundamentals. And like you said, Bengals, Logan Wilson, I'm not going to lie, don't know much more about their defense or about their linebacker situation, but Logan Wilson, I have watched the Bengals game I've watched. Logan Wilson's a guy that actually jumps off the screen right. in like, oh man, that dude seems to be where the play is always. Right. So because I am so invested in linebackers, I can honestly say um, I would give the advantage in this matchup to the Bengals linebackers, yes. which is interesting because the Ravens are such a defensive team. But in my opinion, as far as the Ravens go, correct me if you think I'm wrong, the linebacking core is the least important out of the D-line linebackers secondary. Yep, They're not your main priority. No. Whereas I would say our defensive lines are best unit, but our linebackers have really contributed well this year. For sure, for sure. It's interesting considering we only use two linebackers. Our base defense is is an extra extra guy in our secondary and two linebackers. But with that being said, um, Jermaine Pratt's our second linebacker, and he's played much, much better this year than he was last year. Um, he's a guy who's very good around the box, and uh, so he's been excelling there. And then Logan Wilson is a guy who, like you said, jumps off the screen. Yep. This is a guy that has a nose for the football. He has four picks already this year at middle linebacker. He's a guy that plays really well side to side. He's a guy who it seems like he's just always making the tackle, right? He's always making the play and he's really developing. If you listen to, if you're on Bengals Twitter, like I am, he's a guy that the defense is talking about. He's a guy that comes in really prepared. He's a guy that's really intense, really focused, right? A guy who just comes and he makes plays. 
And I think because the Ravens linebackers, like you said, Patrick Queen's had some problems. And because Logan Wilson has had the opposite of a problem, he's been a problem for other teams this year. And we use our linebackers, I'd say, they're more important to our success. I'm going to give the linebacker spot to the Bengals. Yep. Yep. I would say so. Um, I guess that moves us to the secondary. Um, Heading into this year, if you were to look at this on paper, I think personally it was the Ravens by a mile. They had one of the best secondaries in football. Um, They've been one of the more disappointing parts of the Ravens this season watching every game. It's been very uncharacteristic that our defense has been letting us down. Um, usually it's that our offense can't hang, but this year it's, it's our defense is, has been loose. It's been loose. Now that's, we have been advantageous opportunistic getting turnovers when we need them you know, to finish the chiefs, stuff like that. Um, blocked field goal against the Colts, stuff like that. But the loss of Marcus Peters, can't deny it, was absolutely massive. Um, for those who are new to football, for those who are just getting into the NFL this year or anything like that, Trevon Diggs is a name that's catching your eye. He's a guy that's popping off. If you want to see Trevon Diggs, go look up Marcus Peters' highlights. It's a guy that I don't think you can call a lockdown corner in the sense that every play there's an, a receiver erased. It's a guy who, yep, he's going to jump some routes and yep, he's going to miss some and he's going to make some infuriating plays, plays that how can you give that up? But for every one of those plays, there are two or three plays he makes that only he can make. And that was a massive loss to us in our secondary this, this off season, this training camp. Marlon Humphrey, for me, top three corner in the NFL. I think Jair Alexander, you know, Trey White, Jalen Ramsey, that caliber of player, and Marlon's right there. Um, he's a very big, physical, run support, tough, rangy corner. Um, he's very much kind of um, an Aqib Talib kind of a, uh, yep. a mold. Um, our safeties, Deshaun Elliott, Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark is a name that I mean, hell, a lot of Ravens fans might not know, but Chuck Clark is awesome. Chuck Clark, we use him all over the field. Wink Martindale puts that guy in all sorts of positions because he can play it. He's been playing outstanding this year. He's been playing very well. He's helps in the run support. He's great coverage. He can rush the passer sometimes coming off the edge there. Um, he's, he's played fantastic. Sean Elliott. Coming off of injury last week, our free safety got his first career interception last week against Justin Herbert, the Chargers. He's great. Our two safeties, they're young, and they're both very, very underrated and, and not uh, not as talked about. Um, which brings me to Anthony Averett. Uh, if you're a Ravens fan, you'll know this guy's name. For years, when we, since we drafted him, I think we drafted him. I can't remember, 2016, 17, maybe. He was shit on. This guy was the bottom of the death chart. This guy, every report from camp was about how this guy was getting torched. Every report was was negative about this guy. There was no expectation for him. Marcus Peters goes down. This guy finds himself top of the depth chart. Of course, we have Jimmy Smith, too, who's just been a great slot corner for six, seven years now. Um, Anthony Averett, through the first five weeks, I think, no, excuse me, through the first uh, four weeks was sensational. Locking guys down and, and getting peppered with targets because, you know, hey, who's the, who's the starting cornerback not named Marlon Humphrey? Let's go with him. Um, a young guy getting his first kind of taste of consistent starting in the NFL was getting targeted a lot, and he was playing great. He had clamped up Tyreek Hill, had a few clutch PBUs. Um was playing great against the Colts. You and me were on the phone during that game. It was a tough night for him. He, his confidence was shot and, and rightfully so, you know, he was getting targeted and beaten quite often. It was, it was bad. Um, I was worried that, okay, maybe, all right. You know, what if he, you know, teams just hadn't seen him before. So he was fresh. And then now we figured him out. He's going to be what we thought he was. 
Last week, Marlon Humphrey traveled with Mike Williams of the Chargers for most of the game. There's, you know, the odd play or whatever that he wasn't. Um, and, you know, Marlon Humphrey putting him on the more physical, big Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, the shit. Keenan Allen's one of the best route runners in football. And we put Anthony Aver on him. And I think that's that was huge because it wouldn't have surprised anyone if Keenan Allen caught 13 balls, 206 yards, three touchdowns against Anthony Averett, but he didn't. Keenan Allen uh, was, you know, he still got some, got his catches, got his looks, got his targets. Anthony Averett played a hell of a ball game, kind of a great bounce back to see. Played much, much better. I worry this week um, because of how many threats you guys do have on the receiving end of things who's Anthony Averick getting if, if we want to put Marlowe on the bigger, more physical receiver again, and T Higgins. Okay. I, I don't know about Anthony Averick on Jamar chase quite yet. <laughs> I, I worry about that one. Right. Um, but the Bengals secondary, you know, you are more equipped to speak on that, but. Um, so the Bengals secondary is it's interesting. Um, I will fully admit that um, I'm not as worried about the matchup schemes as much because uh, I think Mark Andrews is really your most dangerous threat. And we're going to have to figure that out, but I'm not quite as worried about the receivers. But that being said, I think Marlon Humphreys is the best corner in this game. I'm going to give him that. But the Bengals secondary is interesting because um, so our, our, I mean, our best corner is Cheeto Awuzie. He came over from Dallas this year. And this guy has actually been playing out of his mind. Since like week two, he's been playing really well. He is, almost looks like he could be a number one corner, which is surprising to some, maybe not surprising to others, but he's been playing really, really well. And even when teams still try him, he doesn't let that get in his face. He's been playing really well. And I trust uh, Awuzie to play against anybody that the Ravens put up against him. They like said, maybe it'll be tough if he has to cover Mark Andrews all day. But as far as receiving goes, I trust Awuzie quite a bit. He's proved himself to be a really really strong option at cornerback for us. And then our weakest spot on our entire defense is the second corner spot there. It's Eli Apple. Eli Apple is a name. I don't be surprised if you hear get roasted because he is not the strongest cornerback. He's had a couple uh, last two weeks. He's actually played decently well. I'll give him credit for that. There was, he never had his number called against the lions because he's playing shut down. He played as decent as you can expect anybody to play against. Devontae Adams when he was against them. Um, but that being said, there's still always the chance that Eli Apple shows who he really has been and he just gets absolutely destroyed. Yeah. So there's that. But like I said, the good thing about this matchup is there is a real chance that we can avoid having him be exposed unless, like you said, unless Rashad Bateman decides that he's going to dominate Eli Apple, which we don't know yet. We don't know about Rashad Bateman in that. Yep. And then um, Mike Hilton is interesting in the slot. Mike Hilton is a guy who we got from Pittsburgh who has played the Ravens a lot. He knows what the in and outs of playing the Ravens. He understands what his role is in Cincinnati playing in mostly in the slot corner. Um, So he's going to understand when, Hey, I should be looking out because Lamar might be taking off. He knows what kind of, how to, what playing the slot corner position is all about. That's what he's, his specialty is. Right. And he's been playing really well. He's a, he's a good, a good man coverage guy. So I like Mike Hilton playing there, especially with his experience against the Ravens. He's been playing well and I like his experience. So that's good for us. Um, at a safety, we have Jesse Bates, who if people don't know about Jesse Bates, Free. he's basically an, an all-star. He's he was basically, I think he was a Pro Bowl snub if you really look at the numbers. An all pro snub last year. You, you could guy, say he was an all pro snub. Like he right, was absolutely. fantastic. Yeah, he was an all pro snub. The guy is fantastic. He's always making plays. He's really he's a good support player for all of our corners. For sure. Um, so he's good. And then our other safety at this point, we we kind of rotate between Von Bell on more of the, the running downs and Ricardo Allen on more of the coverage time. So we kind of even out their weaknesses and they're, we balanced, they balance each other out in that number two corner spot. So, I mean, if you get the right matchup, you can maybe expose that, but I'd say even Von Bell on his own has been playing significantly better than he was last year. 
but he's always a guy to look out for is that second safety spot, but it's, it's been decent. So in, in a lot of ways, it sounds like the Bengals and the Ravens have a pretty similar situation going down Yep, with one really strong corner, at least one, if not two pretty good safeties playing right now. Yep. Right. So this one also seems like a push. I just think the only reason I might give the Bengals a little bit of an advantage is because the Ravens don't have the same weapons to attack our secondary the way that the Bengals do. Yep. Yep. For sure. I think it's, I think it's close. Um, you know, if, if Anthony Avert right now, it's, if he can, if he can hold up, I trust Marlon Humphrey to hold up. Right. I, I trust our safeties. And, right. I, and I feel, I feel the same way about Eli Apple. If he holds his ground, was yeah. able to hold his ground. Our safeties will hold their ground. Our linebackers will give enough support. Hilton will give enough support on Mark Andrews that I feel that it might not be the passing game that beats us if we get beat, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, it's a, I'm a Ravens guy. It's a point of pride. But if we really want to talk kicker, I, I, I will give the Ravens the edge. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Justin is the best kicker in the NFL. That's just yeah. how it is. That's the bottom line, right? Yep. I do think it's 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 definitely a much tighter of a matchup than years past. I haven't been this anxious for a Bengals game in probably four or five years. Um, again, you know, we can break into the numbers of it. There's numbers pro for it. You never know. I do think it's tough. Again, referencing back to the main pod, you did ride with your boys. I rode with mine, I guess in conclusion, the thing for me is the Bengals have a lot of great spots on that roster. And I do think they're a much better Bengals team. I, I think right now, based on what we've seen, they are the second best team in the division. Um, I, I do. I do give the Ravens the edge because I think um, Bengals roster is great. I think the roster of the Ravens is also, it's great. Um, but I will say for me, what does it is I think about it. Okay. Who's got, who's got the better coach. I got to go with the Ravens. Harbaugh's proved it. Yeah. Harbaugh is one of the best coaches to ever coach. He's yep. proven, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, right now who's a better quarterback Lamar. And I Lamar, think, yeah. you know, say which everyone, there's people who will say what they want. He's 35 and eight as a starter. He's yep. got more wins before 25 than anyone. They are, they are very, very hard to prepare for, I think. Um, but division games are always tough. This looks like a new Bengals team. So right. you never, never know. You never, ever know. This, this one's this one's especially interesting because, I mean, the Ravens have a game in hand, which is yep. good. Being 5-1, and one, the Bengals are 4-2. and two. And the onus is on the Bengals to prove that they are the better team. Yeah, Coaching-wise, experience-wise, mentally, the Ravens have the edge right now from yep. years past. And like experience, that's what the Ravens have the advantage. Yep. So it is the onus is on the Bengals to prove that they can hang and that they, they are the better team that they're to be taken seriously, right? So there's there is an edge just in the other intangibles for the Ravens, right? But at the same point, this very this Ravens team is very similar to Ravens teams we've played, whereas this Bengals team is completely new, right? For sure. For sure. I think no matter what, win or lose, um, Dear God, I hope not draw. Uh, it'll be <laughs> it'll be a great game, and I'm sure we'll be we'll be talking during it or or whatever. Yeah. But um, right, do you pick final score? Go on score. Go pick final score. All right, what do you what do you got? I'm just I'm trying to concoct the final score in my head right now. I am going to take the Ravens. Uh, I know that. I think the line right now is Ravens minus six. Um, I think that could be very close, but I will say I'm going to take the Ravens uh, 31 to 27 final score. Okay. All right. And I think I'm taking – the Bengals 28-24 to pull off a close one in Baltimore. 
four point difference, both games. Right. It, it tells you that these teams are closer matched than they have been in the past. And honestly, I'm pumped for it. Can't wait. I love, I love watching is, good football. This is huge. This is going to be a great, good, good game. This is huge. And I'm sure we will be talking about this plenty next week. Um, hope you guys liked listening to this. Just, we, you know, we thought, Hey, two, two of our teams going head to head. We got to give some extra analysis. We got to break down what we see because uh, I mean, I think in this case, I can speak for Dave. We've watched every single snap of our respective teams. We've watched every single highlight we're on. We're on, we're up to date on all our shit with our team. So why not talk about them a little extra, but Dave, this has been fun and Hey, you know, let's just, let's go out there and have a good ball game. huh? All right, man. May the best team win, right? May, may, may the best team win. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for riding with us. You can follow us at the booth EC on Twitter, Instagram, go like, share, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. We really do appreciate it until next time. Peace out. Peace out.